Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. Hey, BTV buddies, I've got Arielle Julie on the show today. Arielle's a theater kid turned comedian, and she's proof that the rules of comedy are merely a suggestion. At three years in, she's already headlined and put out a YouTube special called Wiener Patrol. Her style of humor is bold and audacious, yet endearing at the same time. Arielle is a great example of not waiting for the industry to find you by making your own stuff happen. Take a listen to this one. It's a good one. Arielle Julie. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Did I pronounce that right, Ariel? Yeah, you Excellent. actually did. It's amazing. I Usually nailed it. I nailed it. So, nailed it. So I, I watched the special. I want to get to that a little bit later, but um, I do want to talk about your first headlining gig. That was at the Market Lounge in Valpo, right? Yes, it was. That was in October 2020. Cool. And how did you get connected with Jeff? Uh, Jeff posted in one of the Chicago comedy Facebook groups very soon after the pandemic was like well underway. Like this might have been maybe May or June uh-huh. of 2020. And I had quite honestly been doing comedy for barely a year. Yeah. So like he posted like, hey, submit a clip, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. So I had like one good clip from an open mic. And it had some jokes. It had a song. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll send it to him. And he asked for like like more than just a clip. Like he was like, send me a clip. Tell me like what's your favorite this or what's your favorite that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I responded to all his things. I sent the clip. And I also like was like, I'll bake you cookies if, if I <laughs> book me, which is so silly. But I, it was like the pandemic. So I was baking a lot. Yeah. So it like it all made sense. But he booked me to like have like a 10 or 15 minutes spot. And it was the longest I had ever done at that point. And I I did it and it went well. And he was like, oh, I have to have you headline. And I was like, oh, you know, what? <laughs> so that's insane. And so so that was like July. I did the first spot. And then he had me back in October to headline. And then that was two half hour shows which was the longest that i'd ever done uh-huh. it was the first time i'd ever headlined it was you know i was barely a year in i was maybe a year and two months in uh-huh. so it was like it, i felt like a lot of imposter syndrome like i shouldn't be here you know this right. is crazy that i'm doing this but it was so much fun i mean everyone was super nice and it was a great time and then i've just been at the market lounge i feel like I'm there every month, ever yeah. since. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I talked to, um, you, you're probably, I guess, my 131st interview or something like that since I started this. And 
a lot of the the people I talk to, so you, I, I talk to both old school and you know new school comedians, and you know the old school comedians are like you 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 have to have all these things in place before you do this you 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 before you do 15 you have to have 30 and and uh and then i talk to a lot of folks that are uh like medium school to new school so they've been around for you know you know five, 10 years or two years or whatever. And a lot of them, they say that the thing that really jump started both their performance their and their writing was the fact that they got put into situations that they weren't quite ready for. And that just puts everything on steroids and you just really go for it. And, and sometimes it succeeds and sometimes it fails, but it takes you to that next level quicker. Does that, does that seem like that's a story for you? A hundred percent. Like there was another show that I did for Jeff. It was the, the tight five showcase where uh-huh. he booked five people who had all of us headlined at market at that point. So uh-huh. it's a show of headliners. And some of the people on that show, you know, I, I, well, all, everyone on that show was great, but like there were people on that show that had gotten standing ovations there, like people I admire, people from Chicago, like yeah. people that are amazing, you know? And it was again, two shows, an 8 p.m. and a 10.30. So I walk in for the 8 p.m. And the first thing Jeff says to me is, you're going up last. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like we were all doing the same amount of time. So it's not like I was like headlining, like it's a showcase, you right. know, but. Uh, but I was like, why would you put me up last? Like, there's so many great other people like on this. What are you, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> and, and he was like, well, like the person that you were thinking was probably going to go up last, uh, was another comedian and, and she was having a, a like a, like a medical moment. Like she was, you know, not feeling a hundred percent that night. Uh-huh. So he was like, you know, I'm not even sure she'll make it to the second show. So, you know, so that was kind of the logic there. And I was like, uh-huh. I mean, that makes sense, but there's still three other killers on the level. <laughs> so, so I did it, you know, I went up last and, uh, and it was good. I had a good set. The first show was good. And then the second show, uh, the second show, I realized, oh, that was really smart of you to put me up last because by midnight or whenever it was, I ended up actually going up. I was probably the only sober person because I don't really drink. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, you put me up last because by midnight, I'm going to be the only one who like will be able to do 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> okay. All right. But it was great. And I was, it was a fun set. I still have clips from that set. It was, I was loose. I was like just doing crowd work. It was, yeah. that was great. That was a great show. So both for that first time that you went up that you felt you weren't quite ready for 15. And then when you headline, what did you do to get ready? I mean, I know you're freaking out because that's just what you do, but what did you do to get ready to put it out there? I don't remember. I, I yeah. probably went to nights. I mean, it, so yeah, this was like, two two years ago i i probably went to a lot of mics or as many as i could given uh-huh. the pandemic so there was like you know outdoor stuff and you know so it was right. it was limited compared to what it is now um and what it was before certainly but i so i was a musical comic when i started and i don't really do that so much anymore but as you saw in wiener patrol in the in the special 
that was like I did all of the songs. Yeah. Because at that time I was like, I'm I'm stepping away from the ukulele. I'm stepping away from singing and all of that. And people were like, oh, but we love the songs. And I was like, all right, well, let me do an hour and let me just do all the material I have so far, including all of the songs. Uh-huh. And then just like, and now there it is. And it's there and you can watch it whenever you want. But I don't really do that very much anymore uh-huh. so with the first time I headlined at market I knew that I had like an arsenal of maybe five or six songs and I knew how long they were so it was like yeah 30 minutes but like half of that could just be songs so right. I really only need 15 minutes of material which is just three to four open mic sets uh-huh. so it, it was more doable like it seemed reasonable And also I was doing this thing where at the end of the night, I would take suggestions from the audience and make up a song off the top of my head because I did improv many, many years ago, like Uh high school and early college. So I was like, oh, I have this skill, like I could do that. And it's fun. The audience likes it. It's kind of like crowd work, but it's, you know, it's like a magic trick, you know, they like it. So, so I was able to kind of fill time doing that. Uh And I've watched parts of some of those early longer sets. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm clearly nervous. I'm clearly filling time. I'm clearly like not struggling, but definitely like, what do I do next? What do I do next? Have I hit my time? Have I hit my time? Like I can see it. Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) That's, that's funny. The funny thing is, is uh, Jeff was, he was one of the first people I interviewed for this show. And I had heard about him from somebody else and said that, you know, Jeff's really smart. He's really, he's what he's doing at the market lounge is really smart. So I talked to him and then I think he called me a couple of weeks later and wanted me to do a show um, that was, and it was probably maybe, maybe his fifth or sixth show that he had done there. And um, I said, yes. And it was like, I don't know, two or three months um, away. And I got a call from my daughter and she said that she'd like for my wife and I to go visit my grandson because we just had the one grandson at the time. (laughs) And it was that weekend. So I I, I didn't want to just call him and say I couldn't do it. So I, I got a sub, um, and I don't know if you've met Dean Jernigan, but, um, Dean, I love Dean. yeah, so yeah. D- Dean, Dean was my sub. So I got him all. And, and you know, that Jeff makes sure that everybody gets paid when they do it. And, oh. and it's, it's, everything's on the up and up with Jeff. And I knew, I knew that that was going to be the case for Dean. And I knew Dean was going to be a really good fit for the show that he was doing. So Jeff was pissed. Um, you know, I, I I said, "Hey, I just can't do it, but I got a guy." Um, and he didn't know G- Dean at the time. He said, "Well, you know, fuck it. I'll go go ahead and send him." And so Dean went up and just killed, just uh, totally killed. And Jeff was like, "Yeah, I don't need you anymore." <laughs> so so I, I I never I never even I've never even met Jeff in person. So I've never never I never went to the market lounge or anything like that. Um, it just it just didn't uh, ever uh, come up. But he was very happy that I brought Dean, and you know Dean's been there like a million times since then. So um, you know at least I did something good for somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, I performed with Dean a bunch. I I had him on uh, my goofy little bar show that I do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Big fan. 
Yeah, Dean, Dean's cool. I the the story I have about Dean is that uh, he showed up at the drop uh, back when it was uh, over on sample by the jail, and he's just talking to all these comedians. It's the first time I'd saw him, and all these comedians are really young. I'm old. Uh, and Dean is not as old as me, but he's, he was older than all of them. And it just looked to me like he was trying to get them to go back in his van or something like that. So I stepped in and I'm like, I was like, who the hell are you? And why are you talking to all these young comedians? There's stage time in my van. You want to come in? in your van yeah yeah I'll yeah yeah so so that was how i met him but then we ended up uh you know he ended up being funny uh when he went up and uh turned out he was really in radio and really really a comedian and so it was it was it was kind of kind of a weird meeting um mostly because i was very protective of my of my uh comedian friends and uh but uh yeah everything turned out great but it was kind of it's kind of a funny story so not only do you throw yourself into the headlining stuff uh, fairly early into the game, but you put the special out earlier this year, and it's really good. I mean, it's it, it's not it's I what I'll tell you, I wasn't expecting much because you're so young, you're so new new into it. I wasn't expecting much, but I did like the musical stuff. I and I'm I'm not a musical comedian type of guy. You know that usually doesn't work for me. But the way you did it, you know, you didn't like do a million songs and then do a couple jokes. You did a lot of jokes and then did a song and then then uh, did more jokes. And I thought the way you did it was really good and. I rewatched it after I found out um, that we lost Judy Tenuta, and I I see some parallels there, um, and not, I mean you're you don't have the exact same energy, but you you've got the same boldness up there. Did did you ever watch Judy? I've I've seen some stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, she um she was somebody I was trying to get on the show actually, and uh, you know that's not going to happen anymore. But uh, um, but uh, I I was always a big fan of hers, and, and I just I I just like that energy and really really the boldness. And um, I'm wondering where that came from. I I did read. Um, a snippet about you that you were like a theater kid and then you got into stand-up. So where did that, how did that all happen? And where did you get yeah. the premise of your act? Where did you read that? I, I don't know. I, I Is that not right? I, it's right. I'm just like, where is this information? Well, I, I, you're absolutely right. It yeah, I, I do a lot of uh, internet stalking when I have a guest on, just so I'm ready. <laughs> well, you nailed it. Um... <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know where the boldness came from. I, I've never been shy. Certainly, uh -huh. I did like acting and drama camp and all of that when I was a kid. Yeah. So I've always been like performing. Yeah, you know. But I, uh, I don't know. I, I told I started doing improv when I was fourteen at the Improv Playhouse in Libertyville. Shout out to uh, <laughs> David Stewart. Uh, and I. I was in a class with Pippa Sue, who later went on to be the original Eliza Schuyler in Hamilton. Uh -huh. uh, she was okay. well and all went to Vernon Hills, so I actually knew her. Um, it was like it was a that was a cool group of people, 
And I don't know, I, I always liked being the center of attention and I, I liked, you know, making people laugh. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And when I was in college, I did the improv troupe uh, at Bradley University called Barbecue Kitten. And I, <laughs> I did that for a couple of years and then I sort of put that down. I did major in theater, but I was a production person. I was a stage manager. Uh-huh. So I was like a very behind the scenes, very organized, you know, I want to be in charge. I want to tell people what to do kind of a person. So I, I definitely was a good fit for that role, even though it wasn't my favorite thing to do. I just, I was good at it. Uh And then I had a number of jobs for many years throughout my twenties. I didn't find stand up until I was 29 Uh uh, and I was in grad school. So I, yeah. I, so I don't know your question. Where, where does the boldness come from? Yeah. I don't know. It just sort of happened as yes, since I was a little kid, I've just been like that. And then your uh, question about where my material comes from was, yeah. was that, yeah. Uh, I mean, as you saw in the special, it's personal, you know, it's all stuff that happened to me or stuff that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. I was just telling a friend, like, I actually really want to start writing new stuff. I really want to chuck most of my material at this point because I feel like I talk about kind of four quadrants of my life. And Mm -hmm. one of them is just like my sexuality and people I've dated, Mm -hmm. being Jewish, uh, a little bit about being a speech pathologist, which is like my my job job in real life. Mm And then um, the fourth one would be my my relationship. My boyfriend, I talk about that on stage too. Uh, so it's like I, I sort of cover these four topics. I feel like I very rarely talk about something that's not one of those four things or directly related to one of those four things. And that's fine. And that's a good place to start with material, especially for anybody who's watching this who is just starting out, you know, starting out with things that have actually happened to you, things that, you know, you deal with on a day-to-day basis, your family, your friends, your relationships, like it's all true and there's comedy and everything. So that's where I started. But, you know, I watch the greats. I watch, you know, amazing comedians on Netflix and Amazon and I listen to all their podcasts and everything. And I'm like, you know, how do I just see the world and just see something just out of the corner of my eye and go, oh, that's crazy that that's happening. And then write a bit about it. Like that eludes me a little bit. So for now, all of my material is pretty personal or directly related to like something that actually happened to me, Uh if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and that definitely comes through. And I know the when we're on stage, we are trying to enhance one part of our personality. So the, you know, there's a strong persona up there, but I felt like with you, you're just bringing you up there. You're, you're not, you're not really enhancing anything so much other than just stating what's happened in your life and why it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the gist. Yeah. got it. And and I think that's what made it more natural. And it, you know, even though there is strong sexual content, there's, you know, there's strong content about your family and being Jewish, just like you said, all that stuff's there. But it just, it, it just feels like 
you're almost having a conversation with somebody at the bar. Um, and, and you're, you're trading stories about your life. And, and I guess that's what drew me in. And that is not normal. That's not what you usually see from a, a newer comedian. And uh, that's what impressed me about your special. And that's why I wanted to bring you on the show. Thank you. Uh, and I'll say, I, I say this to people a lot, like technically at this time, like it's October, 2022, Technically, I'm three years and some change into stand up. Uh-huh. I've always been like, I've always talked like that. I've always told stories or told jokes or whatever. So I say to people, like, I've been doing comedy for my whole life. I just picked up a microphone three years ago. Uh-huh. You know? So, like, yeah, storytelling, all of that. I've, I've always, you know, been the center of attention at a party like telling a story and making somebody laugh Uh Um, there are jokes that i wrote when i was you know blogging like six years ago that i ended up using in my stand-up and yeah so it's always kind of been there and i appreciate that you felt like it was conversational because that's sort of what i'm going for yeah um (laughs) well like and i will say about wiener patrol specifically when I made that, I was not at all like, I'm going to record an album. I'm going to film a special. Uh-huh. That is not what the intention behind that was. It was completely like, I'm, I'm getting ready to chuck this material. I'm getting ready to chuck the songs, you know, and also let me see if I have an hour. I'm just curious. Yeah. Do I have an hour? I feel like I have an hour, but I've never done that much time. Let me just see. And so the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago, their amazing organization that is just a a full theater space dedicated to comedy. Uh They're amazing people that work there. I'm there every week. They're the best. They're just the best. And so that room that I filmed in was their smallest room. And it was a very reasonable price to rent for the hour. So when I talked to them about this, I was like, well, I'm thinking about, you know, doing just like an hour of material. They're like, oh, here's the cost to rent the room. I'm like, oh, that's super doable. Okay. So my kind of, I was coming at it like, I'm just going to do an hour. Come see me do an hour. Uh It wasn't like, see me record my album. See me do a special. It was just see me do an hour. Tickets were like five bucks. You know, most of my friends came, my sister came, like, you know, Uh it was just, it was cool. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, I'll film it for you. Cause it's like, oh, you might as well have like a good camera, not just like your phone, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll film it. And he even asked me, like, do you want two camera angles? And I was like, no, like, why? So as you saw, it's a whole hour at just one camera angle, uh-huh. and that that's a little bit of a re- regret for sure. But you know, I wasn't like trying to film a special. I was just like, yeah, the best case scenario. The room is full enough. The jokes do well. I'll be able to cut this hour up into clips right. that I can then submit to like festivals and, you know, whatever, which I have done. Uh-huh. So it sort of was just like a giant accident. But once it was finished and my friend, you know, edited it and, and there was, you know, this good quality, good production quality uh-huh. with like every joke did well because it was a room full of my friends. strangers. Right. <laughs> There were a couple strangers. I, I did get, I think, five or six complete strangers. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, but then 
yeah, it was my friends and comics and it was, you know, it was, it was easy. It's like a, a 50 seat room, you know, it yeah. wasn't a crazy amount of people. So, so yeah. So once I filmed, I was like, oh, this is like a whole thing. And people were like, well, just post the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but obviously, obviously I did it, you know, I posted it. So now it's, it's there. And my hope for it is that I look back on it five years from now and just cringe and just go, I can't believe I did that. That was stupid. I was like two and a half years into comedy. <laughs> That's insane that I did that at all. Yeah. But, you know, that, but there it is. It's that, there. That's actually what impressed me. And, and you know, I keep going back to boldness. Just the, the thing is, is throw it out there and... Um, the other thing is, is I think if you would have had two camera angles that that might have taken away from the homegrown feel of it. And I, okay. I, I, I kind of like the way it sits and, okay. um, and it's just, I, I'm really getting into that now. You know, some of these that are even self-produced are overproduced sometimes. And 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 you got the two camera angles and everybody's mic'd exactly properly and all that kind of stuff. And then they're switching back and forth a little bit too much. And and it just, uh, it, 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 I, I think it sometimes takes away from the fact that, hey, I'm just putting something out here and I, I want to see what people think. And yeah, that, I, I guess uh, I thought that, that the, the way you presented it was perfect for what you wanted to present. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, my, my, this is my cat. This my is kitty Wilma. cat. He's decided to join us. <laughs> um, she she's a big fan of comedy. She's actually the biggest critic. Um, yeah, I well, I appreciate that. I, I again, there was very little intentionality uh -huh. behind Wiener Patrol, other than I have all this material. Let's just get it out there and see what happens. But yeah, a lot of people have come up to me and said, "I watched it. I watched your special. It was funny." And I, I sort of avoided watching it for a good six or seven months. And then I got a little uh, high a couple nights ago <laughs> and actually rewatched, not the whole thing. I kind of skipped around and I watched parts of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, why don't I do that joke anymore? That was actually a pretty good yeah. joke. Okay. <laughs> you know, all right. That was that was not that bad. Um, I don't like that all the songs sound the same because it's the same four chords because I am not a professional yeah. ukulele-ist. Yeah. But I also forgot that I had addressed that in the special yeah. <laughs> or in the hour. I, I like totally, because I'm like watching it like, oh my God, all these songs sound the same. Like, what uh -huh. are you doing? This is horrible. <laughs> and then it got to the end and I even say like, yeah, did you like how I use the same four chords? And you're like, did you do that? Yeah, I did. It. And I'm like, oh, well, at least I addressed it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? okay. Well, well, and I, <laughs> it just seems like you're pretty quick on your feet and I, I'm sure the improv stuff happened, but like when you spilled the water, you know, you, you, you turned, <laughs> you're like, okay, we're going to edit this, but you didn't edit it because you, you had really good, uh, riffs off of it. So yeah, I, I just, I, I thought that was cool. Um, do you, do you ever get into, um, situations where, you know, 
stuff happens, you know, especially in bar shows and stuff like that stuff happens. Do you, do you feel like you um, are always pretty fast on your feet for that type of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I just did a show last night in Rockford at a pizza parlor uh-huh. uh, and I was headlining and the other three comics on there were three great friends of mine, very funny guys in Chicago. And, you know, it was another situation where I'm like, why am I headlining? Like, what is, yeah. what are we doing? Like we're at the, we're the, all the same or the, at the same level. So what are we doing? Um, but I, yeah, there were, there was heckling, there was people talking, you know, it's a restaurant. It's like a, a comedy show in a restaurant, right. like a small restaurant. There couldn't have been more than 30 people there. And, uh, and I, I had to, I was definitely struggling a little bit for the first part of the set. Cause I'm trying to like tell jokes and sort of involve them and sort of, you know, keep the room, you know, entertained and not too offended, but like have their attention. And so there's a, definitely a little bit of a struggle. And then there was like this table kind of having their own little conversation. So I just started like talking to the table next to them. I was like, well, do you think they're having a business meeting? What do you think yeah. they're talking about? And then <laughs> let's also get the whole room involved in like guessing what they were talking about until uh-huh. finally they are paying attention. They're like, what? <laughs> What are you talking about us? I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? Like, we want to know. And then the guy was like, you know, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay, room. So let's workshop this. What's our best excuse to get this guy out of work tomorrow? Uh-huh. And then classic Rockford, four people in a row were like something about shitting your brains out. Like one woman was like, you're shooting too hard. You can't stop shooting. You have diarrhea. This and that. And like, what is wrong with Rockford? Like, are you all okay? Like what? <laughs> like, do you all have IBS? Like what is happening? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta ride the room. You gotta yeah. go with what's happening in the room. Luckily in Reno Patrol, I wasn't heckled or anything. So right. I didn't have to respond to anybody, but yeah, I've been quick on my feet. Fun fact though, Little, little behind the scenes, fun facty for you. When I spilled the water uh-huh. and I, I got to that joke about like when I die, the papers will call me an up and coming comic. Uh-huh. That's a joke that I have. Uh-huh. It's part okay. of another bit. Yeah. Like I, I had a bit, a very small bit about why hasn't there been a, a, like a like a school shooter, but at an open mic? Like why hasn't anybody shot up an open mic? Mm-hmm. And what will happen is like, you know, they'll they'll shoot, they'll kill everybody. And we'll all be like, I see the light, you know, and then everyone will call us an up and coming comic. So like that was part of another joke. So a friend of mine, like who's much more experienced in comedy was like, yeah, if you can respond to something happening in the moment with a joke you've already written, Mm -hmm. it's magic trick. Yeah. Because the audience thinks you just came up with that hilarious thing to say. But you're just like going through the little Rolodex in your head of all of your shit. Uh-huh. Like what fits here right now? Oh, I have something for that. And then uh-huh. you just plug it in and you just go. Yeah. And that's that's knowing your material. Yeah, that's great. That was uh, and I I would not have known that that was not an ad lib. I mean, it, technically it was it, it was it, yeah but but it was, it was an yeah. that i had already written yeah a written ad lib so that yeah. yeah that was uh that that's really good now you've you've been working really hard for three years what type of goals have you set for yourself and what are you doing to achieve those um 
Well, okay. So my goal, the year that I did Wiener Patrol was to headline. That was my mm-hmm. goal. I just want to headline. I want to do a long set on stage. So I did that. After Wiener Patrol, my next goal was festivals. I wanted to cut it up into clips, submit it to festivals. And my goal was to apply to five festivals. I think I ended up applying to like eight or something. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to get into at least one. And I got into four and I, I did those four. And now my goal, now that I've done all that, Um, I want to do more road stuff. So now I've met people in other states and other places, and I want to travel a little bit more and perform in more states. I've, I've expanded my, my states, you know, this year, which has been awesome. And I got to feature for a couple like kind of bigger, bigger names, which Mm -hmm. is kind of cool. So any opportunity like that, of course I'd love to do, but I I would like to travel a little bit more. Okay. So that's, it's like a short-term goal. I don't, I don't really have any long-term goals. I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a trap. If you're like, I want to get, you know, famous. Like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just, I want to, I, okay. I would love to be able to live a comfortable lifestyle, making money from doing just comedy. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Yeah. Is that, realistic I, you know i don't know yeah <laughs> i mean I, I don't you know i don't know but i want to get better that's a big goal i want to get good i want to get really good i want to practice doing a lot of different kinds of rooms i want to mm-hmm. get better at crowd work i want to get better at writing i want to write like i was saying earlier more stuff that's not necessarily so personal or necessarily like you know, this is a dude I fucked crazy, right? You yeah. know, like, you know, I, yeah. So yeah, I guess I want to travel. I want to write more and write better. And I want to just, I don't know, you know, I want to host a little bit more. Uh-huh. That's a goal. Yeah. Short term. I think short term goals are are appropriate cool. for where I'm at yeah. right now. That, that makes sense. How do you critique yourself um, when you do a set and break it down and decide if, um, first of all, if a joke should, it should live or die. Um, and, and second, uh, you know, performance wise, what could you have done better? What did you do good? Do you, do you do that? Do you, uh, do like a post game type thing? Oh yeah. Yep. I, I record everything, whether it's just an audio record or a video. Um, I try to video as much as I can so I can see myself so I can see, you know, if I'm like touching my face too much or my hair, or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Because I was, I was the captain of my speech team in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, there, there are a lot of very specific rules in the speech team world about how to, like, you have to stand there and then you have to move there and uh-huh. you have to do this. And so I try to make sure I don't do that because it's very unnatural. Um, and so I just want to, so I watch myself and, and first I'm like, okay, am I watchable? Do I look like I'm having fun up there or do I look nervous? Uh Do I look like I'm scared of the room or do I look like I'm confident and in control? So there's that. Um, I absolutely critique myself mercilessly. I don't think I'm funny at all. I I think I'm like, oh, that sucked. And everyone's like, oh, it was great. I'm like, no, it was not. It was very bad. That one joke did not land. So it was a bad set. Uh And uh, yeah, I... 
I always listen and I'm like, oh, I forgot to do that tag. What is, oh, nah. yeah. you know, I forgot to do that punchline. Oh, I forgot that bit or I forgot the second half of this joke or I did it in a weird order. Why did I do that? So, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. And um, in terms of what was your other question? Do I critique myself? Do I what was your oh, um, uh, decide if a joke lives or dies? Oh. Great question. Um, so a lot of jokes. So I did a lot of open mics. I haven't been able to do as many open mics as often because I'm I'm either dead tired after work or I'm on a show. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't gotten to do that. But open mics, I'll try out a new joke or a new bit. If it works at the mic, which is usually a room full of other comics, maybe there's potential. I've got a nice little suite set up for myself where I run two weekly shows. One is in a bar and one is at the Lincoln Lodge and that's a later show. Mm -hmm. And I don't always perform on the later show, but I'm there as, as much as possible. Um, and I perform on it at least twice a month, whether I'm hosting or on an actual spot on it. So like next week I'm hosting. Um, so there'll be like, I'll do five or six minutes at the top and I'll just kind of introduce the show and do a little, you know, crowd work or maybe try a new bit mm -hmm. so and then the the weekly show i host at the bar whether i'm hosting or just doing a spot on it i always give myself like eight to ten minutes and so that's where i try out a lot of new material because there's usually a regular crowd mm -hmm. so it's like a balance of trying a joke in a room full of comics trying a joke in a couple different rooms full of different kinds of comics at different open mics and then trying it out in like a low stakes show, like my goofy little bar show, you know, try it out there. If it, if it bombs, whatever, who cares? And then eventually I might try it out in like a higher stakes room, like a Zany's or like a Laugh Factory or like a, you know, a, a booked show or something. Uh -huh. And, and if the joke is doing well in kind of all of those places, I'll try it, especially if it's like a riskier joke, like if it's really dirty or really dark or really blue or whatever. Um, I'm I'm always hesitant to try that kind of stuff. But but like last night at the pizza parlor, I tried a lot of new stuff. Uh -huh. I was like, I'm doing 30 minutes. You know, I've got time. I had just done 40 minutes the night before and I tried a couple new things, but that was a little more it was a little less loose, so I wanted to keep it a little tighter and keep it a little bit more professional. So mm -hmm. I did more of like the greatest hits. Um, and I did a little bit of new stuff and a little bit of crowd work. But, you know, at this show last night, I was like, yeah, we're going to change it up. So I, I didn't do bits that I almost always do. I just I didn't even touch them. And I did. I opened with a bit I've never opened with that I'm not even like 100 percent with. And it was definitely a, a fuck around kind of night. Cause, cause like, where else are you going to do it? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you've you got gotta, nothing to lose. You've got nothing to lose at a place yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and it worked out and I ended on a really good note. So I did my time, you know, the audience was entertained, which is all you can ask for. So the producer was happy and, uh, you know, I, it's, I never want to disappoint anybody. So I never want to like ruin a room. That's certainly not the goal. And that's really scary, too, to, like, try a newer bit in, like, a real room where it's, like, 
if this doesn't work, you feel like you're letting down the person who booked you. You're letting down the other comics. You're letting down the audience. You know, they came here to laugh and you're on stage and you did make them laugh. That sucks. Yeah. Well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard balance, but you know, I try to, I try to do new stuff. I try to rotate material pretty often. Uh -huh. Do you do you have like a specific criteria on when you just need to put a joke back and maybe revisit it? Uh, and well, consistently, I have I have three bits right now that I'm thinking of that I'm like uh, actually four or five that they're okay, they're good premises, they're okay, uh -huh. and there's some funny jokes within those bits, but. I've I've snuck them into longer sets recently and they just don't get the pop that I think they mm. should. And I'm like, all right, I got to shelf this. And and some of those bits I've already shelved. Mm -hmm. Like I I had like like one of them I wrote over the summer and I was doing it and doing it at mics and doing it at mics and then I started doing it in sets and then it just wasn't doing great so I put it on the shelf. And then like maybe two months ago, I was like, oh, here's a good tag for that bit that I shelved. So I took it off the shelf and I started doing it again and, and it was doing okay. And now like after last night, I'm like, yeah, maybe that one goes back on the shelf again and we'll come back later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've experienced the same thing. And that's a good segue into our new segment that I don't have a sounder for yet, but it's called, is this anything? And this is this is where uh, we're both going to bring something to the table that we've uh, we've tried, we've written, and we don't know if it's anything or not. And uh, since you're the guest, I'm going to let you decide who goes first. Um, why don't you go first? Okay, thanks. Sure. <laughs> so this one is written, um, has never been said out loud. And, um, I don't feel like I have a punchline for it. It's one of those that you talked about that has a great premise, but I don't think I've got anything that, uh, punches it. So get right into it. Um, I, I bought cologne for the first time in 40 years. I'm not trying to attract anyone. I just walked out of the kitchen and back into the kitchen cause I forgot something and got a whiff of old man smell. Uh, you know, that smell it's moth, moth, mothballs and Bengay. Um, I don't use either, but that's old man, old man smell. And that's what I have. I'm not ready for that yet. So cologne, that's what I got. <laughs> okay. So all right. Interesting. it old obviously does not have a punch. Um, and I don't know how to end that so that it really has a good punch to it. Ah, uh, I mean, I, I like the description of the, the two kind of smells like your little analogy, you know, it smells like this or this. Mm. Um, I, I mean, let's see. So, so you pick cologne. So like cologne, I associate as like a young man on the town trying to get laid. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. he's got his like Armani cologne, like his fancy, you know, cologne. And you're like this older guy and you're like, do I just like wear deodorant and like call it a day? Like, am I an old spice guy? Is that my scent? Am I here to smell like your grandpa? Like, do I want to breathe the smell of familiarity or do I want to get these girls wet? You know, <laughs> like, like, do I want them to, to take a whiff and be like, 
is that is that a fuckboy? Is that a fuckboy smell? <laughs> no, that's what I said. Grandpa, what is happening? Am I attracted to old men? Like, I want to make young women question their porn preferences. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So instead of leaning away from trying to attract people, try lean into it more. And well, yeah, I think the root of comedy is like you're talking about stuff that we think about, but we don't say out loud. Uh -huh. So to just be like, oh, I want to smell good. It's like, well, yeah, everybody wants to smell good. Uh -huh. But why do you want to smell good? Because you want people to be attracted to you. You want people to want to fuck you. Uh -huh. That's what it is. It's reptilian, you know. Right. You don't right. want to just smell good just for you. Who is that for? You don't care. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's it's for them. And why is it for them? Because you want them to be like, huh, okay, you know? Yeah. He, he's old, but he doesn't smell. So it, it might be better to start with the fact that I caught a whiff of old man smell and mm -hmm. then go in like, i don't want to fuck that guy yeah gross uh -huh. like that's funny if you're like i don't want to fuck that old man yeah but if he smelled like he was wearing a polo and boat <laughs> shoes <laughs> maybe now i'm i'm you know in my 50s 60s I don't, i'm not sure your age but you know uh -huh. I'm, I'm where i'm at and uh -huh. maybe i'd experiment with my sexuality I don't know. He was a good smelling dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that actually works because I've got, I, I normally wear a polo shirt when I perform and I've, I've got a stupid joke up top that I say, I, I'd like to thank the sport of uh, polo for providing the shirts I wear most of the time. So that it would almost be a callback. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Good. Well, those, those those are great notes, and I I do think I I'm going to turn that back on its head and um, start with the um, fact that I'm aware of the old man smell, and the reason why I'm going to do something about it is because I still want to be attractive. So yeah. yeah, so I like that. I like that. I'll um and I will I'll do some homework. Too. I'll do some yeah, homework and submit an essay to you when I'm done with it. Perfect. And well, and you're married too, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so what's great about that too, is that now you get to do the very relatable moment where you're like, well, you know, I want to seem fuckable, uh -huh. but like I am married. Like I'm not trying to fuck, but I still want people to yeah, want to yeah. fuck me. Yeah. You know, cause that's all we're doing. I'm in a relationship, but I fucking wear makeup and a low cut shirt on stage because uh -huh. you know, like, I'm not like, oh, this is only for my man. Like, no, I want you to be attracted to me. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want you to, like, rape me about it or anything. But, like, you know, I want you to want to a little yeah. bit. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. this is good. I'm glad, I, I'm actually glad I started this. So I, I, I actually conferred with a, another um, comedian from uh, Canada that I, um, that I respect a lot. And, and I said that, you know, after 130 episodes or whatever I've got of the show, I feel like that, uh, the, the thing that is missing is there's a lot of the feedback I get is I just want to learn how to write jokes. And so I guess if we do this, then 
we're going to learn a little bit more about the process and how something starts out not so good and then you can turn it into something gold. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. Okay. It's your turn. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out a bit about like I was, I dated a lot in my twenties. I hooked up a lot of dudes in my twenties cause I was like looking for love, mm -hmm. you know? And now like I'm, I'm in this relationship, but I, I do, you know, put myself out there and everything. And I, I get these dudes who like, like there was a, a point in my twenties where I stopped caring and I was like, no, I don't give a shit if you like me or not anymore. I don't care if you call me back. I don't care. It's like, it's whatever. And that's when those dudes started like becoming obsessed with me. <laughs> so I was like, and, and they still hit me up like four years later, I'm still getting texts and DMs like, I, I miss you. I think about you still. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> so I was trying to write a bit that's kind of like, ladies, I can't tell you how to find love but I can tell you how to make a man obsessed with you. <laughs> like, I can't help you, you know, get married and find the love of your life. But if you want a stalker, I got you. Uh -huh. Like, And I, I had a couple stalkers at one point, which is why I go by Ariel Julie instead of my actual last name, which uh -huh. is Secretish, okay. Um because I had stalkers and I didn't want them to find me when I started doing comedy. Right. Um, and I also had a bit about, I never really did it on stage. It's sort of just been a premise that was like, you know, I, I had this stalker and it was scary. It, you know, of course it's scary. And I remember going to the police at one point and being like, I have this stalker and it's, you know, he keeps calling me. He said, he's been driving by my house. I'm really scared. You know, is there anything? Can I file a restraining order? Is there anything I can do? And the police were like, well, has he ever hurt you? And I was like, no. And they're like, has he ever threatened to hurt you? And I was like, no, he wants to marry me. In fact, he wants to, you know, not hurt me. Uh -huh. And they're like, well, we can't, you know, we can't give you a restraining order against somebody who hasn't threatened to hurt you. I'm like, yeah, but what if he does hurt me? Like, so you're basically saying, yeah, once he kills you, then we'll be like, you're right. You were right about that. Yeah. Like, what do I, <laughs> so I've never figured out like how to make that concise and like, uh -huh. but something about like stalking and having a stalker and like navigating that. I'm, I, I kind of would like to make that funny if I can. Yeah. But it's, that's a tough, it, it seems tough. Uh, you know, um, up top on that, one of the things that came into my head is, um, ladies, I can't, I can't tell you how to find love, but I can tell you how to build a stalker. You know, something, something that just really hits and gets to it right away. I, I, I can tell you how to build a stalker or create a stalker or something like mm -hmm. that, that, that jumped into my head. And on the, um, when you're trying to file a restraining order, it's like, it's like, okay, did he, did he hurt you? Um, did he threaten to hurt you? And they're like, at the point where they say we can't file a restraining order, just, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. He stabbed me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's kind of funny. I've got to kind of yeah, invent something that happened. Like, yeah. no, she, she did hit me. Uh, no, I mean, I thought I deserved it, but maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe it is a problem. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh my God. You know what? I'm so stupid. He like totally hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> and this is all, I'm really good at makeup. I'm actually, I've got a tutorial. Yeah. So like you can't hear it. <laughs> But it's only because of True Blend cover-up, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm an influencer. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually an influencer, and I'm really good at my job. Like, uh-huh. And I can't take the makeup off to show you because it's it's long-lasting. Yeah, yeah. What will do? <laughs> but, the, but then it, you could actually take it further, and, there's, and they say, well, this doesn't call for a restraining order. We're going to arrest this guy. And, and then you say, well, he didn't hit me that hard and he might've just slipped, you know, or, or maybe he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> we're kids by some other women. You can't take their shitty dad away. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. He's just not good for me. And that, that he's might, Mr. he's Mr. Wrong, but he's Mr. Right for someone else. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> No, he was insane. He was a crazy person. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think I did the world a favor by like putting him on notice. Yeah. Like, he had dick piercing. Like, you don't want that. Oh, want that. yeah. Yeah. He wasn't great. Yeah. No, was nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Yeah. When I already have a bit about dick piercing. So, yeah. Slow. Yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe all of this could tie in together. That's not bad. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we should uh, both do our homework and then uh, submit a clip to each other when we finally do it. Perfect. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> well, man, it's really been nice getting to know you. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I really respect the fact that you are going for it. And uh, I also respect the fact, you know, I've had two friends that are uh, speech, speech pathologists that uh, are also uh, in entertainment. And uh, I know the, the rigors of doing what you do during the day. And uh, the fact that you are trying to balance all that, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, it yeah. is. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I just, I just think you're, you're going to do great and, um, and, uh, keep doing it because, uh, I, I, I do bookmark a lot of these, uh, clips and shows and stuff like that. And, uh, I watch them and then I delete that bookmark and never think of that person again. So, uh, (laughs) just just so you know, (laughs) you, you made the cut. (laughs) I, I, I've been told by many uh, a, a, an ex hookup that I am, in fact, quite memorable. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll take it. Yeah. 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 You're good. So um, where can folks find you? What do you have going on? Um, and as far as the socials uh, and uh, shows and stuff like, like that coming up. Sure. Uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Ariel underscore Julie underscore comedy. Or you could just type in Ariel Julie comedy. That'll come up. Same as YouTube. You can go to my YouTube, Ariel Julie Comedy. That's where you can see uh, Wiener Patrol and a bunch of other clips. Um, Or you can go to my link tree. I think it's just linktree.com slash Ariel Julie, and that'll have all the links to, you know. I think my Twitter is like at the Ariel Julie, but I never post. So, I mean, you can follow me, but like, it's whatever. Um, I guess you can friend me on Facebook. Maybe don't. If we really don't know each other, just follow me. Like, just follow me. Like, you don't need to be my friend on Facebook. Just follow me. Um, For those of you who are a bit more salacious, I do, in fact, have an OnlyFans. So if you would like to subscribe, it's uh, it's 
<laughs> somebody's making brunch. <laughs> somebody's, uh, somebody's decided that now is a really good time to open every single package we own. <laughs> I'm now that is my boyfriend. He's taking out the recycling like I asked him to. He's, he's being a very good good boyfriend right now. Uh, just a little noisy. Love you. <laughs> um, as I was saying, you can see pornography on OnlyFans.com slash Ariel Julie. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's it's been really great getting to know you, and like like I said, I I, I think you're one of those that are uh, going to do well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It, it was a lot of fun this morning. Great. Thank you. Thanks a lot.